Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, check out bullrealty.com. Well, today we have a show that I've been looking forward to for a while. You know, with what went on with COVID and manufacturing overseas, with supply chain issues, with the migration around the country and people and companies moving. What is the story? What, what are companies thinking now and what should they be thinking about for their corporate relocation and their locations for manufacturing and for their headquarters? Please welcome my guest. It's John Boyd. John is principal with the Boyd Company. John, good to see you. Michael, it's great to be back. Well, great. And you just completed a, a report on the kind of the top U.S. cities for relocations um, and t tell us, you know, how do you do this report and, 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 and who's at the top? Who's <laughs> winning? This is really an exciting report. Yeah. It reflects the, the, the types of uh, post-pandemic new normal head office corporate site selection trends that we're seeing. Projects that our clients are doing as well as data requests that come into our bizcost.com platform. And we've identified a, a, a criteria here for this list of top 30 submarkets. Uh, we know that by and large, submarkets are outperforming downtown urban cores with respect to space absorption and uh, uh, rental rates. There's some outliers, Miami being one of them, but there's really an, a, a really preference towards lower cost, more manageable submarkets today. And the criteria that we use for this particular study, these are submarkets located in superior tax climates, states that lack either a personal or corporate income tax, submarkets close to an airport that also have hospitality infrastructure in place to accommodate client servicing activities and corporate training events, markets with low operating costs, uh, areas that are successful with talent in migration. These are markets, many of which in the Sun Belt, that have been the big winners in the war of, of attracting people and skill sets and, and businesses. Um, and and uh, also markets that have attractive lifestyle amenities and a diverse housing portfolio for relocating workers. Yeah. And it makes sense. And then when you look at the manufacturing side of, of locations, uh, are more companies looking to do their manufacturing in the U.S. with what happened in, with COVID? And Right. Reshoring is a major uh, priority for many manufacturers. Also nearshoring, we're seeing uh, Mexico uh, get a lot of projects that maybe would have went to China uh, 10 years ago or other options in Asia. Uh, of course, the pandemic really highlighted the hidden costs associated with having too much supply chain concentrated in Asia and our other remote parts of the globe. Uh, reshoring is happening, particularly in high growth industries like semiconductors, the EV industry. Of course, these are industries also supported by the federal government with enormous new tax incentives. Right. And how much um, are tax incentives important these days? You just mentioned a lot of important reasons for your, your, your relocation of your corporate headquarters, how much are tax incentives still playing into it? Incentives are very important. Uh, they're very contentious today uh, amongst lawmakers and the public, but they're very important for sightseeing companies. It's very expensive and costly to relocate a facility or to do a new facility. Uh, so incentives are something that, that sightseeing companies expect. Uh, we, we call incentives really a necessary evil. And it's also a signal that you know the, the, the state is willing to partner with the company to make the project a successful one. 
So you've got the states with with maybe no uh, income tax, personal income tax, right? And and those states are are, are those the states that are kind of winning? They are. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and the the proof is in census data. You look at where people are moving. Okay, the last year, three thousand and two hundred people. I'm sorry, three hundred twenty thousand people moved to Florida last year. Uh, that, that's that's enormous. Uh, it's over nine hundred people a day. That's one of the big stories in the commercial real estate industry is the massive migration of people and businesses to states like Nevada and Florida and Texas and Tennessee and Georgia. Um, you know, and it's it's in sync with what we're seeing with our our submarket report. You look at some of the the the, the uh, top rated markets, Minden, Nevada, for example, the high growth uh, submarket in Reno. It's one of the you know, popular landing spots for companies leaving the Bay Area. Uh, it's close to the Tesla Gigafactory in Reno, one of the nation's largest industrial parks at Tahoe Regional Industrial Park. You look at some of the high-growth uh, submarkets in Florida that we recently named Punta Gorda uh, and uh, Ponte Vedra, that some of the, the top two uh, office uh, submarkets in Florida. Um, you know, this is a, t- a time of hypermobility. Yeah, I some of our clients that uh, we were visiting that own office buildings, I lead a team that sells them. Uh, we're in New York, and now we're going to see them. This, oh no, we're in Miami, <laughs> right? It's like it's a big draw. People talk about the Big Apple. I mean, there's also the Big Orange. I mean, there's there's no denying that the power of of Florida today, with respect to its uh, corporate and diverse seg- uh, types of industries that are relocating to Florida. How can developers, leadership, uh, planning folks uh, in some of these markets attract some more of these relocations? What can they do? Well, obviously, uh, it's about being in a, a creating a, a pro-business climate. Taxes matter, operating costs matter. It's about I- investing in the right type of infrastructure. Uh, and a micro level, it's about inventorying and marketing available sites. Real estate is key today. That's why corridors are so critical to the site selection process. You look at the SH-130 corridor in Central Texas. We, we identified that as the lowest cost top business climate corridor in North America today for new advanced manufacturing. It's because of the operating costs. It's because lawmakers and zoning officials are, are pro-business that do what it takes really to, to secure major trophy projects. How important is uh, labor availability in these markets? Labor is, is, is critical. You know, the reason we approach a manufacturing project with, with in the perspective of, of a corridor is to really maximize labor assets, maximize the ability to recruit and retain a workforce. We all know about the great resignation and the labor shortages impacting key sectors of manufacturing today. Uh, also, you, know, you want to maximize your options with respect to real estate, you know, industrial megasites, as well as residential homes to accommodate your, your workforce. What are some of the states and, and cities and markets that have really been winning over the last year or two? Obviously, uh, Texas, uh, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, Arizona, and Nevada uh, are, are really states that really have, have done an excellent job uh, positioning themselves, really putting the red carpet out to welcome migrating companies leaving high-cost anti-business markets like New York and California. Now, you asked me about you know building a, a business climate. You know, I mentioned taxes and spending and infrastructure, but also lifestyle policies matter. Okay, things like no cash bail and uh, New York's new congestion pricing scheme are not going to be a friend to developers in Manhattan that want to lure people back into the office. Yeah, I guess you got to think about those things uh, for your uh, uh, future economy of your market, right? And when you when you make these changes, right? And, and another reason why submarkets, suburban markets, are outperforming a lot of the downtown urban cores is because of that. It's because of public safety. You look at some of the the, the building amenities now being offered to attract people back into the office. 
a lot of these amenities are, are focused on security you know, more surveillance cameras you know, more security uh, guards and even valley parking that's a popular amenity that that we're that we're seeing what are some of the other uh, markets that uh, have uh, our leaders in your report well we uh you know in terms of the, the manufacturing port the top corridor is that sh-130 corridor other corridors that show well atlanta's i-20 corridor home to major projects by skc ascend elements of course rivian uh, and that that project is continuing to attract suppliers in the atlanta market uh, we, we look at the phoenix loop 101 market i think one of the interesting things about this analysis it really documents significant cost savings for central texas you look at the enormous cost savings on that sh-130 corridor linking austin and san antonio despite all the success they are with projects by Tesla and, and, and Samsung and Navistar and Apple, and these are multi-billion dollar new projects. Despite all of that, significant operating cost savings in Central Texas along that quarter versus Phoenix and, and versus other options in Arizona. Do you expect more relocations uh, post-pandemic here? I do. I do. We're seeing the economy uh, begin to rebound. Um, you know, as, as interest rates stabilize, I think we're going to see more investments. I think housing is, a, is an interesting uh, part of the story. Look at some of the high growth markets in the Sun Belt. There's really an enormous demand for new housing, more density, more transit-oriented mixed-use development. Florida is a great study, a case study in this. I think one of the largest new planned communities, Babcock Ranch, introducing 20,000 new homes in Southwest Florida. That's an interesting project to keep an eye on. What might surprise people uh, in these reports uh, or maybe that surprised you as you got into it deeply? I think, you know, w- one one surprise is is just how affordable some of these markets continue to be despite the exodus out of the Bay Area, California, and New York. Despite those economies losing thousands and thousands of workers each year and thousands of projects, uh, we haven't seen a dramatic decrease in the cost of doing business in those markets. In other words, they're not doing anything about it. Right, right. You know, there, there is a common denominator amongst successful states today. It's states that really prioritize economic development and promote industry attraction. Yeah, like Governor Kemp here in Georgia, right? He's done an excellent job. I mean, the, the Hyundai project, uh, Rivian, uh, you know, models for other states uh, with respect to also attracting suppliers also. What advice would you give a, a company that's in the beginning stages of considering a relocation of their headquarters? Well, you want to analyze all... All factors. I mean, operating costs matter. Uh, the, the labor and, and recruiting dynamics are critical. Housing is a new factor. I mean, we really pay special attention to housing today as, as part of the site selection process. Uh, you know, when we look at the things like available incentives, okay, that, that's a key site selection factor. One of the things impacting Texas now is the 313 incentive, the property tax exemption. We expect that to come back on stream in some in some form this year. Um, Another takeaway here, you know, Arizona is making a full court press for semiconductor industry versus Texas. This report documents that even without that incentive, very compelling operating cost advantages in central Texas versus the, the Phoenix market. And it, it's funny, you know, pe- people ask where that 313 incentive ever came from. It was when Texas lost an Intel uh, chip plant back in the early 90s to Arizona. So in, in the wake of lo- losing Micron to New York, a lot of lawmakers are, are re- revisiting this e- exemption, and, and everybody that, that we talk to expects some version of it to get back in place uh, pr- pretty soon. What about tech companies? Uh, what, what are some top uh, markets for relocation of uh, big tech companies? Well, human capital is everywhere now, and this idea of the hub-and-spoke model, it's what our clients are increasingly doing, 
where you have one decentralized head office, but other smaller offices to tap into regional talent pools and often for the tech industry to partner with local research institutions like Georgia Tech uh, or in other emerging areas of, of, of excellence. Uh, it could be a, you know an, an NSA designated center of excellence for a telecommunications firm, uh, for example, or a company that specializes in drones with avionics and, and, and aerospace. So uh, people are moving to where they want to live. They want to lower their cost of living. They want to lower their tax obligations. They don't feel the only way to have a future in tech is to live and work in the Bay Area or Silicon Valley or Boston anymore. There's options emerging in some of these new new uh, hot tech markets, most of which happen to be in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. And as you talk to these major companies um, about their uh, locations and, and site lo- locations, what are, the, what are you hearing as, as a recent trend? Here we are in February of 2023, and there's been a lot of uh, talk about uh, working remote or working from anywhere and hybrid, and then some CEOs coming in and saying, look, we, we want you in the office. What's kind of the latest trends uh, that you're hearing from some of these big companies about remote work or in office? Right. I, I think based upon what our clients are telling us, based upon data requests coming into our bizcost.com platform, remote working is here to stay. Some companies will define that as, th- as two days a week. Some will define that as three or four days a week. Starbucks came out recently as mandating four days a week. Um, and the, 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 there's, there's some takeaways there. There's, there's, there's consequences for these big urban centers. Now, you think about the loss of revenue associated with public transportation of workers commuting into the city every day or money not being spent on local retail or restaurants. Uh, the, the budget crisis that, that these major cities are incurring you know, it's something that lawmakers really, really need to deal with. But remote working is, is here to stay to some degree because of the enormous cost savings that companies can realize by streamlining their real estate. Also, it's emerged as a really powerful recruiting tool. This is a very difficult labor market. Employees want the flexibility to work remotely at least two or three days a week. What's the latest you're hearing from some of these big companies about the availability of talent, you know, they, the Fed keeps raising rates, trying to to cool down the economy, and and uh, and, and you know, we're seeing some layoffs. Uh, are the, are these companies telling you they're seeing anything differently recently? A lot of major layoffs, particularly in the tech industry, these are companies that were flush with cash just a few years ago, uh, but uh, in this new normal where we're we're streamlining operating costs is is really imperative. We are seeing layoffs. Uh, and a layoff is necessarily a bad, isn't not necessarily a bad thing for a labor market. It helps exist. It helps other employers tap into a, a workforce. It helps mitigate some of the, the challenges that that corporate America has dealt with over the past couple of years with respect to just an historically difficult, tight labor market. Yeah, and I think if if you're a, a leadership leader in a company and you feel like it helps your employees in your company for folks to be together and and be in the office, it would seem. Uh, a loosening labor market could help with that situation. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about submarkets. One of the appeals of the submarkets that we are prioritizing, they have proximity to hospitality and travel infrastructure. So when the, when the offices do meet, it's in, a, it's in an area where you can accommodate, you know, serving to a global market, marketplace. You know, we have airport access, hospitality infrastructure, hotel rooms. These are something that, uh, something that many of our clients that really have gone full scale with this hybrid model are really prioritizing that type of hospitality infrastructure. Are you seeing any more emphasis on um, wellness and health in, in these uh, relocations? And Yeah, I mean, that, one of the, the, the building amenities now that is very popular, expanded gym, different types of diet, 
offerings to accommodate, you know, more diverse workforce, a workforce that's really prioritizing being healthy. These are all amenities that are really important for buildings that really want to get people back in the office. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was in the corridor here on the top floor of our building and somebody was rolling in some cases of syrupy drinks, sweet syrupy drinks, and they were headed to our door. And I'm like, that's not coming in our office. And they went, actually, you're right. It goes to the office across the hall. <laughs> it's not, we're, we're, we're into wellness. We took out all the chocolates and candy and put in health food. And, and then we took out those sweet drinks and put in more healthy drinks and, um, and took out and, and brought in the fresh flowers and, and more plants. So it, uh, yeah, we, we need to attract folks back into a healthy environment. Absolutely. I mean, the days of the three martini lunch or <laughs> smoking a cigarette at your office, and those days are, are, are long gone. I mean, that's, that's history. Dang. I can't believe it. I was hoping. It doesn't have to be. Maybe one, maybe one day a week. That could I, be at a, yeah. a, an amenity one day a week. Yeah, I thought we were going to have martinis and cigars after this. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, gone are those days and now into the health days. Well, what would you leave our audience with to think about Related to these studies and about uh, best locations for their headquarters or their manufacturing. Companies are only as good as their people. And, you know, there are business climate deniers that continue to sort of dispute the exodus out of California and New York, but the the data is real. Also, you know, economic development is not a zero-sum game. When a company in in the financial services industry, for example, leaves Manhattan for South Florida, that often creates efficiencies that could result in other expansions in, in New York or could give that company a gateway into Latin America or the global marketplace, given you know Miami's unique stature as a global magnet for industry and people. So th- those are two sort of caveats, I think, associated with this idea of the great migration. All right. Well, John, great information. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Michael. All right. If you'd like more information from John, reach out to him. Uh, their website is theboydcompany.com. Thank you for joining us today. And, uh, hey, appreciate if you could share the show with others, uh, you know, pay it forward, right? And if you'd like to connect with us on your favorite social media, please do so. And if you'd like to contact me, I'm Michael at BullRealty.com. Until next week, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.